Let's go watch it in 2D. No, let's go watch it in 3D. But if we watch it in 3D, then is it worth the cost? As the world fell, it was hard to know who was more crazy. Me or everyone else. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf with Jake. Howdy, folks. Krista. Hello. And Kristen. Hello, world. The entire crew is here. Woohoo! So, we're doing uh, the 3D or 2D movie club, and the movie that you selected by voting is Mad Max Fury Road. And we will get into full spoilers. Um, we do want to give people, just in case, maybe a five-minute thoughts on the movie before we get into spoilers. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on the movie? This is one of the best action movies ever made. Uh, this is easily the best Mad Max uh, movie ever made. Okay. It, but, yeah, this is, a, this is a great one. All right, Krista. It's a really intense movie. Like, normally I wouldn't like this kind of thing, but I actually do like this movie. Kristen. I was wondering if maybe Krista liked it because of the choreography. I think the choreograph of this movie uh, really lends itself to non-fans of action-packed movies. Uh, It's interesting. I think this was the first big-budget Mad Max because I have watched the previous films uh, numerous times. And uh, I was going to say that the the previous movies from the 70s and 80s were... uh, were uh, good movies, but the, they were, of course, lacking the big budget. But they did really well with what they had, and it was interesting to see what they could do with the with the universe, uh, it, with the budget that they had. Yeah, it's. Uh, I definitely appreciate this movie a lot from a filmmaker perspective. Just trying to like understand all the things that went into it because it is such a complex movie that had so many moving parts. Okay. Um. So uh, I did not watch the previous Mad Max movies before watching this movie, so I was only slightly lost. Yeah, like, like, within, like, the first ten minutes, you don't really have the background for the character, but, like, you very quickly, like, understand what's going on. I think the original films uh, lend themselves to the backstory of Mad Max himself. You know, he's actually a police officer. And uh, I think that uh, that's something that really adds a lot of depth to his character that was not uh, necessarily touched upon in the Road Fury production. Yep. Yeah, they don't even call him Mad Max and uh, and Fury Road. In fact, they don't even you don't even get his last name, Rotowski. He's just Max. And you almost think that's his last name. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, and, and and Tom Hardy is excellent in the part. I mean, considering how Mel Gibson, uh, 90% of his fandom that's left is uh, basically Mad Max fans. Yeah. It would have been nice if he could have done that. It's actually very interesting that, that, because it's like not even really about Max. It's about the characters in this town and it's about Furiosa. And Max is just like our window into seeing this town. 
for the three lines he has, Max yeah. is fine. <laughs> it's really great. He has basically three whole lines in this whole movie. So this movie is actually very basic. I feel like, um, Kristen, you said before, uh, uh, what was it? A Neanderthal could follow the movie plot. <laughs> yeah, so the caveman could follow the plot. But that's that's probably that's probably why it's so popular. Is that you can go and you can escape. You don't have to be cerebral throughout the whole movie in order to enjoy it. You can just enjoy it for what it is. And I think in these crazy times now, and even back when it was released five years ago, that uh, it, uh, you know, people were looking for an escape. You know, people kind of get tired of having these heavy thought movies that they have to have to really concentrate on to get through. So. You could kind of put the whole story in a one-sentence nutshell. People are not happy where they are. They go somewhere else thinking over there will be good. But then they don't like it there, so they go back to where they started. Yeah. That's a gross oversimplification, and I understand that. But when you look at it as a whole, that's basically the entire plot. The entire movie is one long car chase. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, this is this is basically uh, uh, wages of fear on steroids. For those not familiar with the movie, it's probably before this was probably the greatest suspenseful uh, truck movie ever made. Check it out. All right, so we'll go into spoilers now. Now on, we'll have full on spoilers. Warning: This podcast contains spoilers. Warning: This podcast contains spoilers. But um, just so you know, I still really enjoyed this movie. Does this movie hold up? Yes or no? Yes for me. Krista? Yeah. Kristen? Yes, I was when I was reviewing it uh, for the past week, I was thinking about how, how still relevant and uh, up to date it still felt even five years later. I mean, not that that's a long time to judge uh, the sticking power of a movie, but I, I think that people will be watching this movie 20 years from now. Uh, Jake? Oh yeah, I I was blown away how well this hood up, up held up for me, and uh, and I just noticed a lot of other things going on. I mean, uh, I've always liked George Miller as a filmmaker. Uh, I mean, who else can like direct a Mad Max movie and turn around and do um, uh, you know, Babe, Pig in the City, and Happy Feet? Yeah, Happy Feet, exactly. Now, uh, you did mention the director. The director, he actually directed all of the movies um, yeah, to an extent. Nobody's touched. Yeah, nobody's touched this baby. So this is the fourth Mad Max movie, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a miracle this got made because the third one was so horrible. I, I mean, agree. it killed the franchise. Yeah, yeah, Thunderdome, it just like killed the franchise. Thunderdome was like trying to be something different, and I think that's where it failed. I, I, I went and saw that in the theater, and I was all hyped up, and I was like, what is Yes, I just like. Oh yeah, I mean it's all uh, like Tina Turner, uh, you know, singing the theme song and PG thirteen, and I was like, what the hell? It had had nothing to do with what was going on. I, I told my friends to just come to my. Let's go to my house. I have uh, an Australian copy of the first Mad Max bef- oh, without wow. the crappy dubbing and the and the trims. To, to get to not get the X, so they watched that and they said, ne- then they understood why I hated the Thunderdome so much. I think it's interesting that uh, Mad Max has become an institution of Australia almost to the same vein as uh, Doctor Who has with England. 
It's <laughs> almost a part of their national identity. Mm-hmm, exactly. So this movie uh, was in development hell for like decades, right? Mm-hmm. Like it started production in the 90s, I think it was. 97, according to the notes. Yeah, well, a lot of this production hell was uh, Warner Brothers was, they felt so burnt by uh, Thunderdome and hey, Thunderdome is all on them how terrible it was. They're the ones who uh, were pushing to make this a family-friendly franchise. Now, that being said, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that this movie has almost accomplished that goal of being a family-friendly franchise. It's not a hard R. It's a soft R. (laughs) Krista, do you agree? I mean, like, a pregnant woman does get run over by a car. So... (laughs) True. But it's not gruesome. It's not, you know... Yeah, you don't see guts everywhere. Are people sensitized from this kind of thing now, though? They they may not have been back in the 80s. Yeah, I'm curious to see the the PG-13 cut that George Miller uh, showed the suits and then told them, hey, but this is what I want to do, and then showed them, and then they signed off on the R1. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, or we would have had another Thunderdome. Of course, uh, I really liked uh, Tom Hardy in the part. I didn't think I would ever accept anybody but Mel Gib- Gibson in the part. I really like Furiosa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this is Furiosa's movie. Yeah, she was so rugged but still so beautiful in that movie. Uh, they really did a good job of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlie Thompson really knocked it out of the park. And the effects in here, believe it or not, most of it was done practically. I believe that. <laughs> it looks amazing. This, this Part of the reason that this movie was a conversion and not originally filmed in 3D was just because of how difficult it was to film because everything is, pra- like, practically everything is practical effects. Um, so, so it's just, like, an entire, like, moving machine of, like, all these stunt actors they have and all these practical effects they have. It's really amazing and the 3d is uh you could tell they were having trouble with the 3d because there are several scenes of what they call i call a cutout effect but they were really smart with it they uh, kept things moving it's almost like we got to rest here so we're going to make this kind of flatter but it's we're going to move so fast you're not going to notice it because a lot of high-speed movies like this in conversions, they're blurry. This movie never gets blurred. The 3D is never blurry. And I had no problems. I didn't get a headache from this. Uh, it just, it, this movie just, you don't get a chance to catch your breath. But And the 3D uh, didn't, because usually after 90 minutes you get tired. My eyes didn't get tired. I just thought this, they took advantage of, uh, con- of, of what you can do with a conversion and the, li- and they use the limitations of that to their advantage. Now you watched it on 3d Blu-ray, right? Jake? Yes. Uh huh. And I've saw it 3d in the theater. I saw it 3d in the theater. Uh, Krista, did you watch it in 3d or no? I watched it in 3d. Yeah. You lucky people. 
I was thinking of the, I think shots that I would have enjoyed seeing in 3D would have been like uh, this, a lot of those wide open uh, desert scenes just would have been so impressive in 3D. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the cinematography in this was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, John Seal, he did an incredible job on this. And that's part of the reason that 3D really works in, the, in many scenes because those action, you know, car scenes, you see the people coming from the background into the foreground and you see, you know, a couple of times you see Max like on like a, as a hood ornament, he's popping out and like the whole rack of the car is back there and then they're doing the action scene and, you know, when they're on their like stilts and jumping down that looks great in 3D. All that stuff is popping out. Stuff is like going depth wise. And there's a scene at the end where like a big crash where that is just incredible in 3D. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like I missed part of part of the movie now. Yeah. Well, you kind of have. This is I couldn't imagine seeing this in 2D because I was so impressed with the 3D in this. Especially for a conversion. This is like one of the first conversions I saw that really knocked my socks off. Oh, oh, warning. There is a lot of flashing lights in, uh, in Fury Road. So if you're, this is also another movie. If you have epilepsy, you might find out. So that is, that's something, that's some, uh, cause I remember my theater had warnings, but, uh, other places, cause I got, I, this is, I actually saw Mad Max Free Road like three or four times in theaters. I can't remember exactly how many times because we because I remember one time um, it was at a I got really trashed. So I watched this movie um, the second time when it, for this purpose. I watched it in Chrome and um, the Chrome and Black version, which is a black and white version made specifically for Blu-ray. And I really enjoyed it um, that way. Now, it's interesting because there's one scene toward the second third of the movie where um, basically where they're at the green place and the green place is actually really blue. And when you're seeing it in black and white, you can't really tell that much different from when it was, you know, in the movie, the color version. And the color version, that blue is just really vibrant and it's a totally different color palette as the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is very orangey brown. The colors seem so vibrant in the movie. It seems interesting that he wanted to do a uh, black and white version. I, I think that's really, uh, really, really interesting. So I, I liked it in black and white and the chrome and black whatever version. But um, I still kind of I went back and saw some scenes in color in black and white. I was like, I could appreciate both, but I, I, I still like it in color. I'm not sure the exact blue you're talking about, but uh, one thing why parts of the movie look blue is because they're actually using day for night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because part of the time when they're in the desert, it's, it's, I, I took it, I always took it as uh, it was uh, night when they were. Yeah. The, the green place where the, um, they get stuck in the mud. Is that what you're talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah. And early on in the movie, they had indoors, some indoor scenes where it would go from, you would have orange and a blue in the same scene. Yeah. So all that's black and white, and it just kind of, those scenes don't feel as the same. But for the rest of the movie, it's, it's fine. Uh, it did make the special effects seem to be really cool, because it, it kind of just 
cleans it all up where you really can't tell. I mean, you can't tell the special effects anyway, but the black and white version, it just looks totally perfect. Like, I don't know if they cleaned it up even more or what, but... Yeah, and some of my old burner friends said Mad Max Fury Road is killed Burning Man. So this movie made um, about $400 million, which is kind of low. Like, you would think this movie would make a billion dollars. We're going to be watching this movie for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mel Gibson's going to become a trivia question. They're going to go, you'll never believe this, but Mel Gibson used to play Mad Max. And he had an accent. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's get to the actual plot, which um, is... It's, Mad Max starts the movie, and he's, like, talking, and he eats a lizard, and then he goes somewhere, and then he gets caught, and in this area, P- uh, Furiosa is leaving with women, and Immortal Joe says, yeah, he's got to go east to the gas town, and they don't go that way. They go out to get free. Because we learn that Furiosa is part of uh, what they call, quote-unquote, breeders. And, you know, basically the women. And they're being freed by Furiosa. And eventually Immortal Joe chases after Furiosa. And they're trying to go to the green place, which is where Furiosa uh, was from. But the green place doesn't exist anymore. And then they go back to where they were. And that's basically the entire movie. I'm hearing, I'm hearing motorcycles in the background. Is it like uh, Mad Max going on in somebody's neighborhood? Is it like Seattle? <laughs> I don't know. Now, this became a cult hit. And a lot of people really love it. But, you know, $400 million worldwide it just seems so low for this movie. And it did become a meme with um, Immortal Joe saying, Mediocre! Also, uh, I, I something I don't think you picked up on, the Green Place is actually the city that they originally started in was the Green Place. And they're leaving that city to try and find the Green Place, to try and find a place that is better than the city. But the reality is, the city is their best option. Oh, okay. Oh, because there's... everything else is worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's all sorts of things going on in this movie. Like, in repeat vi- uh, viewings, one of the things I picked up on is when you, when you work together, you get stuff done. When you sacrifice, things get done. And the people who work together and sacrifice win. Now, do you guys think the movie's too long, or is it just right? It makes sense at that length, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I left uh, satisfied. I mean, I left wanting a little more and, uh, and and happy. It was right at two hours, wasn't it? That's standard length. Yeah. I thought they, I thought they went out of their way to cut it down to exactly that length. Yeah, a lot of these blockbusters, they come in at uh, two and a half. Because it's almost like, oh, we have to give them a Bollywood-length movie because we're hosing them so much at the box office for a ticket. So we got it. But I, two hours, I got my money's worth. Heck, I mean, I bought this on 3D Blu-ray. 
Now, the, the reason I say it isn't too long is because the movie does have, like, a false ending with Furiosa actually arriving at the green place and basically saying, oh, my God, what have we done, you know? And, like, it could have ended there. and But then they go back to the other town, uh, back to where they came from. So it kind of feels like that's, a, like, an encore. Like, you're like, no, we're not happy with this ending. We could have, you know, let's go back. And oh, just, that seemed like the third act twist. Like they get there and they find there's oh no place like home. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, and it's and then it was perfect because um Immortal Joe sent out everybody watching the place other than the war pups. So it's ripe for the picking. Now, is it just me or does Immortal Joe look like Donald Trump but like in ten years? <laughs> yeah oh and if morton joe seems familiar um it's the same actor who played toe cutter That's earlier I in the but I, yeah. I thought of that yeah he's, he's older but he definitely yeah he still has that same hair mm-hmm. yeah and tom hardy in his uh mask wearing i mean seems like almost every movie he's in he wears a mask yeah. Face is covered. For the first third of the movie, he has like basically two lines and that's it. And then he's he has the mask over him and he doesn't do that much. Now, we mentioned this before. Um, a lot of people got mad at this movie. It was actually kind of controversial because people said that Furiosa outstaged Mad Max in his own movie and that, you know, this got people all saying that the movie is sexist and against men and blah, 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 blah. Is that a, uh, is that a legitimate critique or not? No. no. I think just... the, way it's, the, way it's, uh, the way they produced it and filmed it, I, I don't think so. I think they did a good job. If that was their intent, they, they, everyone else should take notes. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, this Cap- Captain Marvel um, should have taken notes from this movie... If you're going to uh, make a movie about somebody and have them be the background character, this is how you do it. Um, what's the deal with the little kid? I don't know if it's a little boy or a little girl. We keep seeing flashbacks of Mad I Max. I think that's his daughter. Yeah, that's his daughter. His uh, wife and uh, daughter were brutally murdered. Okay. That happens in uh, Mad Max, the first one. Because that wasn't clear at all for someone like me that had never seen any Mad Max movies. Yeah, I had no idea. The only reason I knew that is because someone was like, that's his daughter. And I was like, okay. Uh, and the other and the other uh, woman in the flashbacks, that's his wife. I think they had those flashbacks that may not uh, mean a whole lot to new audiences. But I think they had a lot of homage uh, scenes in that. Another scene that I immediately picked up on was the old woman with the shotgun scene, which really didn't, wasn't really part of the new plot but was definitely an homage to the granny with the shotgun in the mm-hmm. previous films mm-hmm. and then of course his car yes they, his car which they did a great yeah. job at mm-hmm. about. yeah and uh he and uh, one of the things i found very interesting was he pretty much functioned in the movie as a he was a walking uh blood bag yes of course at first, at first it was not voluntary but then at the end, he saves uh, Furiosa by 
because he's a universal donor and he chooses to, and he saves her. Now that part I kind of questioned because they said, oh, she has a ruptured lung. And then let me give her a blood transfusion. I was like, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that would work. Well, they don't know. They're just assuming. I mean, how how much credence and how much would this woman actually know? Okay. I'm just saying, uh, how much would she actually know? But also, it's it's a movie's got a movie, and you got to keep it moving. So, uh, this is um um. It's one of it's one of those things. If you can't let go of it, the movie's not going to work for you. But if you can let it go over you, you'll get more enjoyment out of the movie. It's Mad Max. You're not supposed to overthink it. <laughs> yeah, but hey, it's one of the. It's like one of those things. Uh, she wasn't exact. She wasn't exactly radiating that I have a medical degree. <laughs> Now, the movie itself is very fast-paced. There's basically, like, no wait for the action. It just goes in, like, five minutes in. You already, you know, have a scene that's action-packed. Yeah, it's like most action movies. I would say, like, a lot of action movies have a significant part of dialogue where you have, like, where you have, like, action, like, you have a set piece, and then you have, like, a break where people talk, and people talk, and plot happens, and then, like, there's another set piece. And so it's like the action is broken up. This is just one long set piece. Like, he, the dialogue is going on as the action is going on. There's never, there's like one time when the, the truck breaks down that they're like not moving. But even when they're not moving, they're like, those people are still coming after us. So it's like still action. Yeah, and they're still kind of feeling each other out what they're going to do. Oh, I also think we should talk about uh, a lot of careers. Uh, if they didn't start here, they went into overdrive being in this movie. I mean, Tom Hardy was already a big thing, but and Charlie uh, Theron, but uh, Nicholas Holt. This is what really put him on the map. Is Nux um, and Zoe Kravitz is one of the wives. Yeah, it has a really good cast. Like I like. Oh, I like everyone in general, but I kind of don't like Mad Max. He just kind of is an ass. <laughs> He's yeah. an ass in the other movies, too. <laughs> yeah. This one, he's more uh, mad. Uh, he's more, he's more, you can see he's having troubles. I mean, he's definitely lives up to the mad part of his name. He's not just uh, a vicious killing machine. He actually has a personality, and you can actually understand his motivations. I mean, I just thought uh, Tom Hardy really brought a lot to the table for the character. They couldn't have got Mel Gibson to do it because he just it just he would have been too old for that kind of that kind of uh, demand. I think. Yeah, which is why I think he didn't do it. And also, I don't think Warner Brothers would have signed off on this kind of budget. Well, you know, he's also a toxic person. <laughs> so that's, they probably don't want him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, I, that's why I said, that's why most of his fan base are old Mad Max fanatics. You know, if I've got an assignment for you, you've got to go watch the other two films. Or at least watch the highlight. 
Uh, I did watch a YouTube video that gave me the highlights. Um, it was like Mad Max, the trilogy in five minutes. And that's like, okay, that gave me some information. Okay. Elf movies too, that's like a- Roll Gone oh. Mad, that uh, sort of came yeah. from that same universe. Yeah. You definitely watch The Road Warrior. Because uh, I have a lot of friends. I mean, I like The Road Warrior a lot. I personally think Fury Road is better, but I know a lot of people who still think The Road Warrior is the best action movie ever made, and the best Mad Max movie, and and of course they think Fury Road is the second best, and they roll their eyes at all the crap, the the incel. Mad Max fans screaming about if it's not Gibson, I don't care. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, whatever. Oh, and uh, and I was gonna also add, and if you get a chance, it's available on uh, DVD and Blu-ray in Australia. Get see the original Australian cut of Mad Max. Um, now I kind of feel like this is a really great summer movie because like you could, it feels hot. Like, just being in a desert the whole time and everything, it just goes well with the summer for me. I don't know if that made sense to Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all. Yeah, it would have been weird releasing this in any other season. Like, I just imagine that going to the theater and, you know, being 110 degrees Fahrenheit outside or 40 uh, Celsius for, (laughs) um, you know... That's how you want to see this movie. Like, oh my god, it's so hot outside, you know. So there is a sequel, prequel being made, um, and it was supposed to start production next year. Who knows when anything is being produced? And if yeah. uh, this is Mad Max, it took them took them almost twenty years to crank that film out. It might, we might be we might be on Mars by the time they finally release that movie. Yeah. Or it may not happen. I mean, George Miller's getting up. He's getting up there in, in years. And I can't imagine uh, anybody else uh, writing and directing a Mad Max movie. Because, I mean, heck, I think he even had his hand in on the video game. It'd be sort of like making Star Wars without George Lucas. <laughs> I mean. Uh, uh, yeah. But... Hey, uh, Rogue One was good. <laughs> yep. I don't know why so, the other, I don't know why they couldn't have followed that model through the other movies. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Um, I keep t- another reason. Might... Uh, Go ahead, Krista. I watched that with my stepdad. Uh, and, uh, another reason this movie looks really good is actually this movie was heavily, heavily storyboarded. Like it didn't even have a script when it was starting out. They just drew out the entire story. Smart. It's Mad Max. What could go wrong? So the sequel is te- is titled, the working title, Mad Max uh, Wasteland. And it's just supposed to start filming next year, 2021. And they did say that they had lots of ideas for making, putting more Furiosa in there. And they have thought about, is this a prequel? You know, is this a sequel? They're not really sharing, but it's it's gonna start production apparently tomorrow next year. But we'll, like you say, guys said, who knows when they'll actually release it. So it's somewhat ironic that we can't make the apocalypse movie due to the current apocalypse going apocalypse. on. <laughs> 
Yeah. And you gotta also remember before the apocalypse hit, Australia was burning to the ground, literally. Yeah, it's been a rough year for everyone around the world. <laughs> they will bring Tom Hardy back because I think it'll be hard for uh, fans to accept a third Max character. And I also don't think you're going to get anybody better at this point. I uh, just I think audiences won't accept it. Yeah, uh, like I said, there's some Mad Max fans that didn't accept the change, and others just told him to get over it. Because I, because I, like I said, I thought Hardy was very good in the part. God, that was forty years ago. You can't. There's no way Mel would have done that, even if you weren't toxic. It just, it just wouldn't have worked. I know, but I wish somebody would tell Harrison Ford <laughs> about yes, it. Yes. Of course, no. Don't cast Tom Hardy as Indiana Jones. God, please don't, don't. Yeah, that would be a stretch. That would be hilariously bad. Some cool things about this movie, um, how they actually had music while they were actually battling and had those guys with the guitars and the drums out there, with the flame guitars. It's like, come on, that's just awesome. Oh, the, the music in this was incredible. It was just like, oh, this is like one of those awesome playlist kind of things because you had everything from violins to hard metal, I mean. And it, it, was, was, like, it was like WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's changed Burning Man. In fact, they've got other festivals. I mean, this is probably um, done for summer events, but uh, Monty Python and the uh, Holy Grail did for uh, Ren Fairs. And this movie actually won several awards, including Academy Award for Best Film Editing, Production Design, Costume Design, Makeup, Sound Mixing, and Sound Editing. Uh-huh. Got nominated for Best Picture. All of them best- seem to be reasonable awards, especially film editing. <laughs> yeah. Because imagine just the absolute hot mess of footage you have when you're doing all your stunts live. And if you, like, mess up once, you've destroyed the entire tape. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, this is the best um, truck-themed movie I've seen since uh, Wages of Fear or its remake by freaking uh, Sorcerer. Now, Krista, do you have some uh, stories that from your uh, film class about this movie or no? Well, I mean, I already told a couple things I know that it was uh, entirely storyboarded without a script um, and that uh, it was shot day for night. It was converted because of the fact that that like you like everything was so fast paced, like there was no way you were going to get um, like be able to do native 3D when you're doing all this other crap going on. Uh, but it was filmed with 3D in mind from the beginning and it shows. Um, mm. And it's like one of the only conversions that I know of that like that and maybe gravity that like uh, actually has a good conversion. Usually I don't like conversions as a general rule, but this actually kind of works. <laughs> So, uh, in my original review, I gave it a 7 out of 10 and great 3D. Uh, was I too low? 
I think so. All right, Jake, what would you give it? I'd give it a 10 out of 10. Kristen, what do you give it? I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'd give it a 7 or an 8 if I were re-reviewing it, uh, just because it was missing some of the elements that I would have hoped would have been in a Mad Max movie. It, it 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 seemed a little it seemed a little diluted. Krista, I I feel like I'm gonna split the difference and say like an eight or a nine. So the reason I didn't give it higher is because the story is just like one sentence long. The action is amazing. I can't you, you know you'd be crazy to say it's not amazing what they did here. It's it's fantastic, but the story is basic. I mean, the plot is basic. The characters are not basic. There's a lot of character interaction going on that you don't get when you say, oh, it's basically just a chase scene. Like, like you have, like, um, like a very interesting dynamic going on between Max and Furiosa. You have this whatever the dude and the, like, the, the what's his name? The one dude, like, the, the, white painted dude that it original joins the team and then like sacrifices himself. Mm-hmm. Nux. I can never remember his name. And like so like you have like a lot of interesting things going on in terms of character dynamics. And so I think that saves the story a little bit. I, I, I basically agree with you. I just you know I'm just trying to play devil's advocate and trying to get yeah that conversation going. Uh Krista, do you gotta go? Yeah, I do. Okay, bye, Krista. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Now, um, one thing I already mentioned in this movie, they seem to use a lot of drugs called chrome, and it gives them, like, superpowers. I don't understand any of that. Is that, like, a thing in Mad Max movies, or what? No. No. I thought they were... It looks like they're huffing paint. Yeah, I think that's what they were doing, too. It was just uh, giving them the aerosol high. And uh, along with their belief system that uh, they had some sort of adrenaline rush. Now, the belief system is the next thing I want to mention because um, they're like Vikings or something. (laughs) Valhalla was mentioned like multiple times. Yeah, it's it's whatever pieces of the old world they come across. They kind of incorporate it. In fact, they even briefly mention it because they talk about when they're looking at the stars, uh, when they were at the green place, they talk about there used to be shows. Yeah, used to be shows like us. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're talking about seeding things. And, like, back in the day, people had so much food. And, you know, they, they mentioned those things. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things now. I thought it was interesting with the way that the V8 engine became a part of their uh, religion as well. In fact, their chant kind of reminded me of something I would say when I go to the dealership to buy a new car. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of, you know, one if you're going to be a car crazy person, you know, how do they have tires that are so amazing? <laughs> and how do the, you know, how do the engines work with so much dust and everywhere, but whatever. You know, you just got to let that go. Sometimes they didn't work. Because they got clogged up a few times. Yeah. And I was going to say, the, tar- the tires were kind of rough that they were using. They would look like they were used, retreaded. Yeah, recapped, retreads, real safe. On the hot road. Yeah. Okay, is there anything else uh, you want to mention, Kristen? No, I enjoyed the film and I enjoyed reviewing it again. Mm-hmm. I, thought it was a, I thought it was a great choice by uh, the listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, you have anything else to throw out there? 
No, I think I fanboyed enough on uh, Fury Road. So, uh, yeah, that's Movie Club. I think we could try to aim to make this a seasonal thing. Obviously, the fall usually is a busy time where we don't we have lots of things going on because December seems like they usually have like six movies in a row or something. But we'll try to do this every once every few months. And again, we'll let everyone vote and decide the next movie. I guess that's going to be it for us. Before this podcast wraps up, I want to thank my patrons. Thank you, Kano3D and Mr. Bango5 for your financial support on Patreon.com. So that's going to be it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find 3D or 2D on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just look for 3D or 2D. Links are in the info box. If you want to send us listener mail, our email address is email 3D or 2D at gmail.com. Thank you for either listening or watching this podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.